Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's going on, people? Welcome to Paint Points. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the SB Nation Podcast Network and the Kana Supers family. Today, this show will be a little bit different. Uh, I jumped on a podcast with, with Cooper Carlson from Minnesota Sports Daily. Uh, I'm going to plug that conversation into this podcast, so obviously... It will feel like I'm kind of being the interviewee rather than the, inter- rather than the interviewer, but we had a really good conversation about all things Timberwolves, uh, from the rookies in Summer League to Tyler Anthony Towns and, and how we think he's going to look, uh, and then D'Lo and Ant and what, what this team's overall potential is. So I'll plug that in now, and, and hopefully you enjoyed the show. And welcome back, everybody. Minnesota Sports Daily Podcast. The guest today, Jake Painting at Howls and Growls Substack. Jake, how you doing today? Is that, is that going well? I'd assume it is. It's great writing you do over there. Yeah, I, I am doing well. And um, yeah, it's, it's going really well. I obviously started it only a few weeks ago and I've got more subscribers than I thought I would. So I'm Good. really happy with how it's going and, and really having a lot of fun with it. Wonderful. And as a subscriber, I can recommend everyone go. It's great stuff. Great stuff. So... Go check that out. But today, as we got Jake on, we're going to talk, of course, Minnesota Timberwolves. Summer League's going on. They're 3-0, and the champions every year. It's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> champions of something, at least. So we'll discuss that. Jaden, uh, Jalen Noel, uh, Nathan, or I forget his, how did I forget his name? What's the third guy? Nathan Knight. Nathan you did, Knight. You were there. You, you I, I, had I, half I said of Nathan that. Wright. I said Nathan Wright. Yeah, whoops. My bad. But I, I know McKinley what I'm talking Wright about, and, I swear. And right. Put together. <laughs> right. But yeah, we'll discuss those guys, Summer League, and then we'll get to basically just a broad Wolves conversation, talking about the big three on the Wolves team, Cat and D'Lo. But as always, uh, Spotify, Apple, you can find me there. Uh, YouTube.com, Minnesota Sports Daily, where I'll upload daily clips, so go check that out, subscribe. But yeah. Jake, I mean, you got Substack. You're not doing anything else except the Paint Points podcast, right? Yeah, no, just uh, just the Substack and the Paint Points podcast. Obviously, I was over at Canis Hoopers right. like you are now, which right. is um, really good to, to see. So uh, I was doing that and then yeah, kind of switched over to the Substack and that's where all my writing is at the moment. So about three articles a week and then the, the podcast as well, obviously, which we will try and get this audio up onto yes. the podcast as well. So <laughs> if we can figure <laughs> out the technical side of things, but um yeah, that that's kind of takes up all my time at the moment, along with life and how stressful that is by itself. Of course. Wonderful, yes. Yeah, so same here, I get that. But yeah, talking Wolves, Summer League, they're now 3-0. and It went great. They blew out the Bolt. Who did they play today? I complete... I'm messing everything up. The Bucks got it. They played the Bucks, <laughs> the Bulls, and the Spurs. I'm out of it. I just got home. I'm rushing into this. Whatever. Anyways, yeah, they played today. Had a really nice game. Jade McDaniels showed off. So did Jalen Noel. Uh, Nathan Nathan Knight got it that time. Played all right, you know, a bit of a 
bit of a downer, but he's he's doing all right. Um, performances so far, who have you been impressed with? I guess obviously McDaniel's and Noel, but have have any of them surprised you? We kind of expected this, right? Yeah, I think Noel. I definitely expected. Uh, he kind of always he has that summer league kind of game. I think where right. it's like. Uh, the, the gunner, yeah, the gunner, the scorer, and, and some elite defenses are really average. Just you know, teams yeah. that have had a week or two to kind of set a defense and try and work with a bunch of guys they've probably never played with before. So, uh, Noel, I expected McDaniel's. I was a little bit more iffy on. Uh, we know that he's obviously like an all-world defender. Uh, right. We've seen that at the, at the NBA level, but I wasn't sure how he'd go, kind of being the main guy offensively and. I thought he's been. I think he's been really good, like more better than I expected. I think, especially today, and and probably that last game against the Bulls as well. It, that that was really, really encouraging. I think he still has a lot of work to do on his ball handling and and stuff like that. But just attacking off the dribble and attacking off the catch and still hitting threes, and then also playing really good defense <clears throat> while having that bigger kind of workload as an offensive player. Um, that's been really impressive to me. I think. It, yeah. Nathan Knight, I guess, I, w- I wasn't sure what to expect with him at all because I hadn't watched much of him in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, kind of is the guy that is advertised, that that hustle guy and energy and, and, and role man on offense. Um, again, just a really fun player, a really fun team, actually, which is nice because we don't sure. get a lot of really fun teams to watch. <laughs> so um, what kind, who, is there anyone that, that has kind of impressed you outside of those three guys? Sure outside of those three not really it's like we came in and it's not expected exactly (laughs) like maybe i mean not really i'm trying to think isaiah miller but i mean not really it's like uh, these three is where it's at and that's if you don't kind of do it every if you don't do it every night that's that's he gets the highlight plays but mcdaniels (laughs) yeah and you think mcdaniels like even after all this he's scoring well he's playing really well he's the at least fifth guy on the team fifth scorer so what he's doing if he can do this as the fifth guy impressive he's never going to get the in a real game get the ball and just be told to let it loose like you know the famous yeah. saying of this this summer league so very encouraging to see absolutely Jalen noel the same as for backup point guard he's i mean he's looking good he's got to improve i think just his overall playmaking just court vision and stuff just to facilitate better but i've been impressed especially today with the way he was able to kind of lead an offense something we hadn't seen much from him what do you think of that Jalen noel leading an offense yeah it, it... I agree with you how he needs to improve as a playmaker, but then I also think in today's NBA, you don't need to be like sure. that Ricky Rubio kind of playmaker to to impact an offense, especially as a backup point guard to sure. a point guard like, like D'Angelo Russell, who's probably going to get, you know, 30, 35 That's minutes fair. a night. Like, he's not going to be playing, I don't think, these huge roles, Noel, unless uh, Russell gets injured, which is he does miss, you know, 10 games normally a year around that Russell. So it's it's... It's kind of a it's a tough one. I do think that as a as yeah, like we said, as a gunner, as a guy who can shoot threes, who can shoot off the dribble, who can play and pick and roll as a scorer, uh, they're they're definitely the the characteristics you want from a backup point guard these days. You see all those the the little you know Jalen Brunson kind of backup point sure. guards like that's that's what they do. They they can pass the ball at a passable rate, but they are scorers in, in nature, and uh, that's. That's what I think Noel is, and I think that he can play that role. I, I like I like McKinley Wright as well as a guy who's kind of more as that of that traditional point guard, diminutive in size, but definitely um, knows how to run a team. Really good at the point of attack on defense, despite his size. Um, 
So I think he's another option there. And obviously Jordan McLaughlin as well yeah. is, is, you know, we're not sure if he's going to be back or not. But if he is, I, I, I do think that McLaughlin probably would get the, the first crack at it. Okay. Um, just because I, I, I do think that he kind of blends all of those point guard talents together a little bit better than Noel. But I like Noel, man. And, and we no, saw last year that, you know, that that stretch of games where he was kind of the backup point guard when McLaughlin was out with uh, the COVID protocols and D'Angelo Russell was injured. I think that we saw him do a pretty good job as, a, as just a scoring guard. And if they do opt to go for that this season, I don't think I'll be, you know, upset about it. Yeah. So I was, you know, going to kind of answer the question, but are we comfortable going with a internal guy for backup point guard? Because they traded away Ricky Rubio, and now you mentioned the options. Because like McKinley Wright... Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, probably the three options for backup point guard. And again, mm-hmm. it's not like this is a giant role, but Russell goes down. You're going to need someone. Hell, I mean, every game, they're just going to need someone to play backup point guard. Do they want to go internal or do they search externally? I think they're going to make another, Not I don't know if impact addition is the right word, but someone who plays on a nightly basis, at least. I don't think they're done. They've done really nothing. So they've got trade windows <laughs> going to come soon. I mean, <laughs> I think they're going to add someone. Could it be a backup point guard do you think that's the route they take uh no i don't think it is just because it kind of has been a theme i guess until last season when they when they swung for that rubio trade they've kind of always just had that that average guy as a a backup point guard the kind of guy who doesn't really uh does it make a difference that this is yeah that this is like the year they're actually trying though because maybe those years they've been at it and just been like well we're not going to be that good but it's I kind just of think, make or break I kind of now. think that, yeah, I kind of think that that a backup point guard, if you have a really good one, obviously it's it's a it's a huge coup. But it's not, it, it's not sure. like it's kind of a very replaceable position. Yeah. I think it's kind of like a backup center. Like I think that you can find pretty uh, kind of comparable guys for for small salaries, and and that is a Jordan McLaughlin archetype of player. I think. Um, and McKinley Wright, I, I think, is very similar to to McLaughlin in the way that they're kind of just a do-it-all kind of point guards that, that don't do anything really, really well, but do everything at a capable level. And then Noel's kind of the the antithesis of that, where he's the, the gunner, the scorer, the guy who's going to play with the ball in his hands a lot, not really a guy who who gets the ball up the floor and, and passes off to others as soon as he, he has the chance. More of a guy who's going to look for his own shot first. Um, I think that gives you two... To, you know, a twofold option, um, and you kind of battle it out in training camp or battle it out throughout the season to see which one um, wins that you know that race. And I think that's enough. I, I honestly do think that's enough. Sure. I think that if you could go and get a really good backup point guard, obviously like, you could. Yeah, but I think at this point, that's <laughs> this, that ship has sailed. So at this point, I think if you are going to go and get someone else, I'd like it to be another wing who can shoot, or obviously another <laughs> another power forward who can. You can bruise a yeah. little bit and you can play next to Towns in a pinch. So, for me, I would like a better backup point guard than those guys, but I think in terms of the list of priorities, it's probably not very high. Yeah, and I try to balance, like, this is the year they're winning with, well, those guys, I mean, again, Noel's been here for a couple of years. Like, he's been developing. Yeah. It's maybe time for him to step in. Same with McLaughlin. Like, he's been here for a while. It's not like they're rookies anymore. It's time to maybe step up to that role that they've been developing for, so... Maybe yeah, well, if, if Noel is a part of your future, this is the yeah, year that yeah, he yeah, has absolutely. to really become a part of your future. If not, then he's probably got to be a trade ship or someone that you can to throw in in a deal because, you know, if, if he can't play the role you, that they envision for him this year, then then <laughs> when is he going to start to play that role, right. you know? This is his third year, right? 
It should be. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm with you there. Noel, step up, dude. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then Power Forward, I guess. We've talked about McDaniels. We've talked about Nathan Knight. Are, you, are either of them guys you're comfortable with the team starting a power forward? Is it Tory and Prince? Or do they, I, think, I think they've got to add someone. I don't know who it is. But if you really are serious upon this is the year we want to win. And I'm big on the their team right now has a chance to be like a 10th seed. But, I mean, really to just push, push for a guaranteed 10th seed. I think you need a power forward. Again, I don't know where that comes from. They've tried everything, I feel. How could they not be, right? They've been trying for years. I mean, obviously they've come up empty, but... McDaniels, Knight, Prince, are you comfortable with any of them at the four? I like McDaniels at the three much more, and I think yeah. the team does too, so I don't think he's starting at the four. He's probably, what, a sixth man? Do you think he's even starting? I just asked you, like, three questions there, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> are we talking about McDaniels? Yeah, 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 McDaniels. Is yeah, he... I think McDaniels for sure starts. I think okay, he starts sure. at the three. I think even if they don't have a guy who they feel like is So then Beasley the would be off the bench. Yeah, I think okay. Beasley comes off the bench. Uh, I think if they don't have a guy they think is better at the four, they still start McDaniels at the three just because they've they've kind of preached that that's yep, the so position too. they want him to play. Uh, I'm a Vanderbilt guy, man. Like, oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew that, I, too. <laughs> I am a huge Vanderbilt guy. Uh, um, they, I know... I just wanted I to bring him back, you know? Just bring yeah, him back. Yeah, I'll definitely... I think they'll definitely bring I, him back. Yeah, I think they, they're too. kind of just letting the market you know set itself which seems to be pretty low like no team seems to be coming in with some sort of uh grand slam offer for for vando so i think they bring him back i think they start him at the four i I hope they do i don't think that he's the cure all kind of you know guy who's going to solve all their problems at the four um it's still a position of need it's still the position that needs he's he's the best of the limited options though yeah Yeah. he's the best of a bad bunch (laughs) um i just think you know the 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 numbers with McDaniel's or Robert Covington of you know players yeah. like that have always been pretty bad next to Towns. Um, with McDaniel uh, with Vanderbilt, they've been actually really good. I know yeah. he's. I think the. I think we lose sight of how good Vanderbilt is defensively because of his flaws on offense and just because he isn't the you know the big tall kind of rim protecting guy that that. I think a lot of us assume we need next to Towns. Um, because of that, I think, yeah, we lose sight of actually how good uh, Vanderbilt was, whether it's numbers, film, you know, all of that stuff points in his direction. He, A lot of the defensive, you know, all-in-one uh, advanced stats, which are, yep. you know, there's a lot of noise that, that come along with those, but he, he's easy. near the top. <laughs> yeah, he's near the top at all of those. Like, I think a lot better than we'd think that he would be, right. you know, like 98th percentile in in estimated plus minus, um, you know, 90th percentile in, in basketball indexes, LeBron metric, like it's, it's really good. And then like the team, the team was five, you know, 5.8, I think off the top of my head points better per 100 possessions defensively when he was on the floor, like everything kind of points in the direction that, that he, if we want a guy who's going to help the defense to be the power forward, he he did do that. He just did, you know, he he was he had spotty minutes, obviously didn't start the season in the rotation. Uh, took him a while to get going once he got in the rotation, then he fell back out when when Finch started and then I think eventually Finch kind of realized that that he couldn't be left out of the rotation anymore. I, I don't know, I can't remember who it was against, but he had that one game where he kind of willed Minnesota to a win. It might have been against Miami, I think, late in the season. Yeah. Um, I remember something and, like that. Yeah, and after that, he was the starting four for the rest of the season. So um, I think that Vando is 
the option, like we said, the best out of a bad bunch. Um, <laughs> if, if if they they need to to upgrade there, I don't think they can right now unless sure. it's a Ben Simmons. They've certainly or a, tried, know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they believe that that Vando is the yeah the cure to all their ailments. But right now, I think he's the option. McDaniel's at the three. Beasley comes off the bench as a shooter and, and a guy you can mix into those lineups if you want to go kind of all offense for for five minute stretches and then also kind of pump up that that second unit as well, which is pretty pretty poor second unit. So that would be how I would go. How what what is your line of thinking? Sure, so Vando's a weird case, because it's like, he, his numbers are better than the eye test when usually it's yeah, the other yeah. way around, you know? So it's like, yeah. reading that, it was just kind of shocking, but absolutely, I'm with you. Van, I kind of forgot about him earlier for some reason, but <laughs> Vanderbilt, I think, goes, goes to the four. A lineup, because then you've got Edwards, D'Lo, Cat, all starting as your three really good offensive weapons. Vanderbilt's op- op- offense as a liability can be a mm-hmm. liability, and it won't really hurt you. You know, if you took out one of those three scorers and replace him with another McDaniels or Vanderbilt, then maybe, but I, l- I love the idea of the three scorers and then Vanderbilt and McDaniels to kind of hold down the defense, and those two next to, next to Cat, I think, will just make Cat an overall better defender. We've seen that, just with him with good defenders, he's better. Yeah, yeah. Could use a better, uh, you know, a guard def- defense, because D'Lo and Edwards isn't isn't stopping really anything. Yeah. It's not stopping me and you, but, uh, but <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I'm a bucket, so... Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. All right, I am not at all, so... <laughs> Uh, no, I mean I'm, I love it. I think that's a solid starting five, and that it just gets to can they elevate the play of the second unit? Can Beasley kind of elevate the play of the second unit? Jalen Noel, what's going to happen there? Beasley, though, you think he's you think he's cool with being a six man? He, I think he thinks he's the best player on the floor. Yeah, yeah. If there's one guy tough. out of all those guys that I think would you know struggle to accept their role, it, it is him. I, yeah. I think. The rest of them are all pretty malleable in the way they they approach the team building, and it seems like they're all pretty uh, keen to to win games. You know, no matter what the cost is to to personal accomplishments. Um, Beasley doesn't necessarily strike me as that guy, which I don't think is a is a knock on him. I think that's yeah, kind yeah, of the way that the, that the NBA good. is. Yeah, they, and he wants to kind of squeeze as much juice out of sure. his potential that, as he can. Um, but at the end of the day, this team. I think Beasley is a starter in the league, but not on this team. And that's not because this team is obviously really good, but it's right. just built. It's just it sounds built weird because they were like twenty three yeah. and forty nine. But yeah. <laughs> it's just no, the absolutely. way it's built. But you know, like this team's just not built to have, you know, a player like Beasley in the starting lineup when you yeah. have to start Cat Ant and D'Lo. Um, you have to start probably McDaniel's just because you know the potential they see in him. He's obviously. Young, he really things out with his defense. Yeah, yeah. really good def- defensively, and can kind of can rotate between guarding the perimeter and guarding, you know, as a rotation kind of rim protector. So, you know, with those four, you throw in Beasley, it kind of just it plays to everyone's weaknesses more than it plays to everyone's strengths. I think Cat needs a guy like Beasley on the team because he needs someone who can hit threes, especially when he's playing in the post and he's and he's whipping those passes out, but. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's tough. I I think that if they want to win, they need Beasley to really buy into that role and, yep. and make it his own. And you know, who knows? Maybe he could be a six man of the year contender, and maybe that would kind of ease his his concerns a little bit. And something that'll ease concerns, like winning cures everything. Losing right. will make this worse. Like if they're winning, mm-hmm. Beasley will buy into it. If they're not winning, he'll go. Well, we'd be winning if I'm starting because I'm the best right, player. Right. Exactly. Here. Like, yeah. It all comes down to winning. If they are, I don't think he'll be mad because once again, they're winning. 
Same goes with everyone. Everyone's role, you know, Jalen Noel, everyone on their teams. You'd be like, all right, cool. If we're winning, it's all good. And I, I, I'm too optimistic maybe, but last year I thought the team was going to be good. Injuries hurt them a lot, but I do think they're going yeah. to compete for an 10 to 8th seed here. Yeah, Just I think so thoughts. too. I think they're going to be, they should be good. Like again, they've got, their big three is, it's up there. They got two Max guys, Cat, who's really got to start pushing here. It's mentioned on every broadcast that was on the Summer League broadcast. They just random throw in. Cat's got to start winning for his own, you know, legacy and stuff. <laughs> it's can't, true. It you is can't true. go one Timberwolves right. conversation, yes. you know, with an outside source without exactly. hearing that. Because we, we've, I mean, we've seen it with guys like Gobert and guys that aren't even, like, on his level. Like, I think he's better than Gobert and Adebayo, but they're put ahead of him because they've won more. And obviously Jokic... Uh, Embiid, they've won a lot more. They're just better players. But Cat used to be right in the head, like the head of that group, if not near the front. And now he's certainly fallen off quite a bit. I think winning again it cures everything. It cures that. It puts Cat where he wants to be. I think this is a huge year for him. Last year was a huge year for him, but there was a lot of I mean, not excuses, but very good reasons for why. Yeah. You know, last year was kind of a throwaway, and I'm cool with that. But yeah, this year expectations for Cat. It's Probably the biggest year of his career, right? It's got to be. Yeah, it really is. Him and D'Lo, I think, are yeah. kind of like the package deal, like like Cat and Wiggins were, which I think <laughs> at, at times brings down the perception of Cat just because he always seems to be tethered to this other guy. And usually the other guy, you know, always the other guy hasn't been as good as him. Um, yeah. But in general, it's just been a weird two years for the team. Uh, we've never really got to see this team together or, or any sort of, consistent version of 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 Gerson Rosas's vision you know until yeah. maybe the last 20 games or so of last season um and by that time the season was over like they were already out of playoff contention and it almost made more sense to just tank the way that the you know the pick was already with Golden <laughs> yeah. State and whatnot so it's it's just been a weird few years I don't know where to put my finger on this team and on Cat obviously um he's a great player and a great offensive force and I think a, a worthy franchise centerpiece you know I don't think he's should you know a lot of people think that he's not the guy to build around in some cases you yeah. know that he can't win because he hasn't before I, I don't think that I think that he's just never been in a situation to win I, you look at some guys this season your Devin Bookers and your Trey Young yeah. like that's what happens when you put a guy in a situation where he can win and where he doesn't have to to drag a team by himself. I, I think Cat's never been put in that position. I think in, outside probably the Butler year, and obviously that was toxic in a whole other set of ways. What uh, a franchise, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. We're, we're psychopaths for following this, this franchise. Um, but I think this is the closest he gets to kind of a harmonious yeah. environment that also has enough talent to help him win. Uh, and to me... Anthony Edwards should be the guy who's now tethered to Towns like Wiggins was or like D'Lo has been. Um, and that gives me more hope than the D... I, I am a D'Lo fan, by the way. I know there's sure. kind of two no, sides too. of offense to, to D'Angelo Russell. You kind of either hate I'm not like at but... the top, because if yeah. the top people... Well, this... I mean, I'm not going to say anything, but yeah. No, the <laughs> the, careful, top, the but... top can get a bit scary on, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. If you mention his name the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and, and so does the other way. You mention his name the right way, yep. you know, some people... But I think... It, you know, there's an in-between there that yeah, is yeah. probably where Russell is at and that he's a good player with flaws. Yeah. I think that Anthony Edwards is the same, but obviously has a has a load more potential. And, and if, you know, that, that really dynamic wing 
scorer and then a big man who can shoot and a big man who can score from anywhere is a, a tried and, and tested combination to win. And I think that, that that can be this pair. So for me, Towns obviously needs to keep doing what he's always done offensively. I think he'll probably be better than he was last season offensively, just the nature of, of the year yeah. being a little bit less frantic for him and, and and scary at times. And then he looks like he's in really good shape as well. I don't think he was ever in good shape really last season. Um, sure. I don't think he was necessarily out of shape, but I just think he didn't really have that off season where he was dedicated to the work. And then the season was obviously strange in itself games every two days for, for virtually the entire season. It was never really time to get yourself into playing shape and into to really good match shape. So uh, towns for me, I think he improved defensively. I think that he he can be at the level he is, or you know, maybe even slightly better defensively, and they can still win. But that just needs to. Yep. The the rest of the guys need to come along with him, and I think that kind of starts with Edwards, and then obviously works its way down to D'Lo and, and McDaniel's and stuff. <clears> but for me, Towns can't do that much more to improve his his reputation without the the other guys kind of yes. building that reputation for him. You know, like. He's done enough, I think, to win on good teams. Even with his his poorest defense, I think he's done enough to win if he had good teammates around him. And now, now's the year where they've kind of put all their eggs in one basket. They haven't done anything in this offseason. They obviously believe they can win at least, you know, 35, 40, 45 games. Um, and that's the only thing that's going to improve his reputation. And when they when and if they do, um, I think you'll see him back in an all-star game and back in the All-NBA yes conversations to being respected because nationally right now his stock is at an all-time low probably i mean the team once again went 23 and 49 which i tried to i tried to argue it's like that's not a real record they're better than that but right 23 and 49 like how much better can you be real but again the injuries (laughs) covid just a mess of a season like i try to sway between well 23 and 49 isn't a real record but they were also 26 games below 500 how much more how much yeah. better can it be than what it was? But then it gets to like the thirteen and eleven when D'Lo and Cat play together record, and or all three of them play together, and there's just so many different records we've been looking at because this team can't consistently play together. And it's like if they can just put this one year together where they all play and they all play well, I think they'll be good. I do, and maybe you know my hopeless optimism getting to me again, but <laughs> I don't know. It happens every year, but <laughs> no, I think this team has a real shot. I think Cat, D'Lo. Edwards is a really good three-man group, and you got the guys we've mentioned. I just, I because then I look back at twenty-three wins, and it's just like it's not good. But no, I mean, I think they're going to be good. A healthy eighty-two games from these guys, they can push the eighth seed. And I put it into weird math terms: is like thirteen eleven. If you uh, get the win percentage of that, that would have given them the eighth seed last year. So if they can just do that season long. And I believe they can. 13-11 is very reasonable for this team to do over stretch over stretch. It's, but, the, you know, it's the Timberwolves. Is I don't even yeah. know what and I'm it's trying the to get at here. The West, the West, right. It's the West, right? Like, but I think that kind of works in their favor this year. I think of all the years, probably in the last, you know, five, six, seven years, like Towns' whole career, um, this might be the the softest Western Conference that there's been. And that doesn't mean that it's kind of soft in general. Like, I think that it's, still a really good conference and there's, there's a lot of obstacles in the way but I think you know if Kawhi is out right. uh, most of the season if Jamal Murray misses a lot of time like they just I don't think you're going to end up on top of Denver or on top of 
the Clippers, but if you can take a game or two off them when you play them, you know, rather than getting swept by them every year, um, if you can take a game, you know, here and there off other teams because the West is just a little bit less crazy than it has been, they're all the little things that add up at the end of the year and kind of push that win total from from 35 to 42, you know, um, and, and then all of a sudden you're in that eighth seed or you're in that play-in game and things are starting to look up again. So I, I think the West, I think it's the stars are aligning somewhat for this team to to make their best push yet, especially yeah. in this kind of era. Um, whether that happens, you know, we've right. I just have thought that probably 10 times yes. in the last 15 years. So um, whether it happens or not, it's a different story. But yeah. It, if they can, I think health is just the thing, and that's the thing we, we yeah. can't really quantify. You know, you, you can't. There's no stat for that's kind of how what I'm healthy. To say. Like they're better yeah. than this, but can we trust them to stay healthy? It's like if they do, they'll be good. But and Towns' career is such a weird one with health right. because he was like Last an Iron weeks, Man yeah. for for what four or five years yeah. that he just he just didn't miss games, and then the last two years has been kind of a couple freak accidents as well. Like I, I think I'd be more concerned if you kind of had you know, knee problems or, or hamstring problems, something yeah. that that seems to reoccur. The broken wrists um, doesn't bother me as much long-term. Uh, I think I'd like it if he fell down less and <laughs> less awkwardly. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I think that I won't be surprised. Like, I don't think it'd be surprising to anyone if Towns played 82 games next year. Like, where right. I'd probably be more surprised if D'Lo played 82 games because I think he's only played more than 80 games once in his career. But he, he's also a guy who doesn't really get long-term injuries, but he does have a knee problem. I think that's True. maybe the second or third time he's he's had that same problem or it's similar like problem. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it shows up and bothers him for a while, and then he'll miss time, and then yeah, come back later. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's again. something yeah. that like is going to keep him out for an entire season. But I won't be surprised right. if throughout his career he has to have that same surgery and another time, which is a you know 10, fifteen to twenty game kind of surgery, and that can really derail a season. Anthony Edwards, I think, I think I heard him say that that sprained ankle that he had this off season was the first injury he's ever had. <laughs> yeah. So like. I think because um, he's in a wolves of, uniform. It's yeah, in terms of tra- <laughs> well, today when Jay McDaniel's left that game, oh my at, god, know, at the start of the game, and I was like, oh, not, not again. <laughs> yeah. I got, up, I got up at six a.m. to watch that game this morning right. because I'm obviously in Australia, as you know, the listeners can tell from my accent, um, <laughs> which made me just feel so stupid because, like, I'm getting up at six a.m. to watch summer league. league. <laughs> um, but. And then he, I, when he went off, I thought I should just go back to bed, man. Like yeah. get up to watch Jay oh, McDaniels, and he goes off three minutes into the game. But if they just get seventy games out of all of those guys, <laughs> at least fine. seventy yep. games out of all of them, I think they're a playoff team. Um, yeah, and I like, honestly think they're a they're yeah, a was, top eight time side. Right. I was just gonna say they because if they do, they won't all miss at the same time because if they right, do, right. ten losses, yeah. so, and yeah. you can manage one of them being gone. Cat less it's than cat, others, it's but... cat. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You <laughs> really can't really like if Cat plays eighty games. I think that you're feeling pretty good about their chances. Yeah, I mean, if he's out, it's yeah, Nas Reed and you know go from there. But yeah, Nathan, Nathan Knight. Yeah, Nathan yeah, Knight, whose name much. we couldn't even remember to yeah. start the, the podcast. Um, yeah, so that's whoops. not good. No, absolutely. That's not but... a good sign if he's playing in rotation minutes. I think. Yeah, we really are insane. I tweeted it out today. I, I wrote a summer league recap for Canis Hoopas on a Friday <laughs> evening. It doesn't get much better than you're waking up at 6 a.m. to watch. But Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The over-unders did come out today, and the Wolves are at 34 and a half. Under would be oh. horrible. Over yeah, would... I, I haven't seen that. No, I haven't it's from seen that. Uh, Points Bet, and you know, Dane Moore tweeted it out, too, so it's yeah. very credible. You know, No one reported Dane uh, Moore. So. <laughs> but, I'd yeah, be pretty I mean, disappointed if they didn't hit the over. On that. That's what I'm saying. And I think nationally, this team is looked upon much worse than locally just because they've been mm-hmm. horrible for if yeah. i was an outsider looking at the timberwolves i would bet the under every single year because yeah I, and i bet the over yeah. every year because <laughs> i'm overconfident and i, yep, and I lose go. money at least 70 percent of the time so no, absolutely um, but I, half, i'd be betting the over on that and I, I think yep. i honestly think i think the 500 record is not like they gotta be. Right? I don't think that's crazy at all. I think if, I think like forty five would be the really high end of their potential, um, and maybe thirty five. I, I feel like thirty under thirty five is kind of lower than the lowest I would think they would get. Like, I think yeah. they easily win another ten games than last season. Like Towns missed, I don't know how many off the top of my head, but it would have been at least twenty games. Oh, I just I had think. it. Yeah, and Delo and missed. Like, Delo played forty five of seventy two. So obviously. Those two are pretty key, and Towns played, I got it right here, just 50 of 72, so yeah. Yeah, so 22, and Anthony Edwards was bad for right. 25 games, at least 25, 35 we got, games. We, we haven't even brought up his name yet, but new head coach Chris Finch, full offseason, right, full exactly. season on his belt. Yeah. Like, and I, lo- like, I love Ryan, but this Chris Finch, yeah. I, and he knows Rosas, like, their pretty, connection is really good, yeah. I've been pretty vocal that, that I thought... Saunders was a really bad coach as much as he was a really good guy you know right. like like I love I the guy that, but man he was not yeah a good coach. it was ugly at the start of the season last yes. year and then when they when they lost towns uh that kind of like he was dealt a crappy hand Saunders but he really oh, sure. didn't play it very he, he didn't play it very well either so um yeah. I'd be super surprised they didn't hit 35 games man like just with a <laughs> with even just like an a normal non-outlier year of health like they hit 35 games and with a new coach and I think I'm a really big Chris Finch fan you know that I'm a, a really big X's and O's guy and, and Chris yes, Finch yeah. is um, really good in that in that department and I think the, the two kind of components of coaching is obviously the X's and O's or three components the, the X's and O's the game management kind of uh, style as well just the things you do in game that that aren't call plays you know like when you call a timeout and and when you kind of um when you run certain plays when you when you instruct teams to play a certain way um and then there's obviously the the off the court stuff and just how you you get your message across to your guys um i think finch is pretty good in all three i actually thought ryan saunders was a pretty good x's and o's coach but he was just horrible 
in terms of game management. I think that's what really let him down is he just made the wrong decisions a lot of the time. Uh, they'd go into wasn't, zone. Wasn't he also like stupid. 34? Like he's he's not the yeah, most experienced yeah. dude either. And, and I think his team, team needs someone that, like Finch, yeah. Yeah, I think you, you see her in the league that these inexperienced guys can usually come in and coach the really good teams. Like Steve yes. Kerr comes in and wins championships in you know year one, year two. Like Steve Nash comes in this year and... Uh, looked really good as a coach with with Brooklyn. Durant, I think yeah. when yeah, I think when you have really good players and there's not chaos and turmoil in the right. in the it's, ranks, yeah. it, it makes it pretty easy or not easy, but at least it gives you a little bit of leeway to make mistakes. Yes. Whereas Saunders comes in and there's just no room for mistakes, and he <laughs> made too many, you know, yeah. and, and they're just magnified on on a on a bad team. No, absolutely with you. It's 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 weird. Like this team. I would absolutely bet the over two, but I would also not be surprised, I guess. I guess yeah. the, the under is 34 and 48. That's bad. If they do that, people are getting fired. I don't know if Rosas is on the hot seat at all. I don't think so. Not Finch or anything, but I do you think, I mean, Rosas, is he on? If they, if they go 34 and 48, you think you think anything changes here? I, uh, I think he's on the hot seat, but I don't think he gets fired. I, okay. I think that he'd be sweating a little bit at the thought of new ownership coming in with that right. being his his resume. And I, I think... don't think they do that, though. Like, again, if they no, do it, it's no, because of injuries. I, yeah, I, I don't think it'll happen, but I think if they were just healthy and a really bad team, um, Rosas would have to be feeling some heat, but and especially after doing nothing in the offseason. <laughs> like, I think he set himself... He's He's lumped the pressure on himself, I think. Yes. It, well, it's not like the media has just been the people going, they got to make a trade. Like, Rosas himself goes on podcasts, mm-hmm. goes on the radio and says, I'm going to do things through trade. Like, I'm star hunting. And I think now they've kind of shifted from, like, okay, we're star hunting. The philosophy seems to have gone from, all right, we're going to go get Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, and everyone else and <laughs> plan it to win. Instead, it's just like, all right, we're taking the guys we have, and we're going to win with these guys. We This has been the plan all along, everyone, I swear. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe it works, but no, things have really seemed to change with the landscape of trade so far, at least not working, and nobody wanting a in-jail Malik Beasley and a Ricky Rubio on an expiring <laughs> contract. Like, man, I guess those aren't yeah. the trade chips we thought, and D'Lo on a max contract doesn't seem to be the best ever, with Ant and Cat untouchable. What are you trading? So, yeah, it makes yeah. sense, too, like... I don't know. I think he definitely could have <laughs> not said it so much. <laughs> like, right. I think everyone. I think everyone. Underst- yeah, I think everyone understands that those assets aren't the best in hindsight. You know, and that and that it's tough to make a deal in the NBA. Like, there's just so many kind of differing factors that go into to making a deal. But when you yeah, you lump the pressure on yourself when you talk about <laughs> trades so often, and that that this is the way the team's going to get better. And by not yeah. making one, you know, by his own logic, he's kind of saying that the team didn't get better. And and I yeah. don't think that's true. But that's you know, if you if you're following his logic, just that's, by being healthy, like yeah, yeah, and that's the narrative. He's quickly pivoted yes. to that narrative yes. real quick, and, real quick, and yeah, to save his own ass a little bit. So, <laughs> um, I I think I think we're all buying it again. We're all buying that that, yes, that yep. switching narrative is true as doing. well. Yeah. yeah. So I he, like he'd, be a good, I he'd be a good politician, man. Yes. He, he knows how to speak and knows how to sell hope. So I, I like point... him despite never winning for some reason. Like I'm like this guy yeah. knows what he's doing. Like because I yeah. keep thinking he's gonna win. And like again, we can tie every single conversation we've had back to health and that one too. Yeah. So it's I, rough. I, I just think with Rosas, like if you look at 
it in the in the through the lens of winning and losing, which is obviously we have to because that's the, the sport. Right. But it, it hasn't been good. But then when you look at it, when you kind of break those down into micro transactions, I think that he's probably hit on more than he's missed. Uh, it depends, I guess, how you feel about the dealer and Wiggins trade, which I I, I kind of. I, I like kind it. of tall and a bit of an Wiggins yeah, I can takes net, this team. I think yeah, it's a net neutral. I think like like I spoke about before that that not only was Wiggins obviously underwhelming when he was here, but he was tied to Towns, who and he also brought his reputation down and, and probably you know without knowing Towns obviously would push him further towards the door um, when that time came that that he did you know have the choice to leave the, the franchise. I think that if Wiggins was still here and you didn't make that deal. Think you're feeling a lot less comfortable about keeping Towns, and that's not only because yeah. D'Lo is his friend, just because I think you don't. He's a the... better second. He's a better like. Yeah, he wants to be the second guy. I feel it more than Wiggins. Yeah, I would do that trade a hundred times out of a hundred again. I would. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I see the downside of it, but Wiggins on this team, and, I don't think you can win. No, right, and the pitch, you know, the pitch hurts, but that's the cost of doing right. business. I think when you have a guy and. I think the perceptions changed a little bit because Wiggins actually had a fairly good year in Golden State, uh, at least by his yeah. you know, standards yeah. that he'd set before. But like, he wasn't going to have that year in Minnesota. Like he right. didn't. He wasn't going to have that year being the second guy on a team, and it just made sense that you had to refresh. And when you have a huge contract like that, you either yeah. take on you know expiring guys who aren't very good, and that plummets you into another rebuild around towns. I mean, and you know, Rosas, the, he loves D'Lo. Like, it's not he like he was just right, taking out yeah. this guy. He really does think D'Lo can be good. And sure, and we mentioned microtransactions. They lost his first round pick. They also got Jaden McDaniels and Leandro Bolmaro in that same mm-hmm. in the same previous draft. So, it's like two. I mean, they got like three first rounders, and one of them is a rookie this year. So, I'd do that trade hundred times out of hundred. I would. I have no. I see why people do have issue with it. It's the D'Lo dislikers, D'Lo haters. But sure, I mean. I, yeah, I I do it. I keep doing it. I think it's fine, and just because I think of how much Wiggins would not help this team win, it's not like he's a terrible player. It's just it didn't work, and we saw it like for four years. It yeah, wasn't I don't think we needed any more of a sample size to know that it wasn't working. Exactly, exactly. And we knew it was going to take a first round pick to get off him. In fact, getting D'Lo back was like a prize at the time when they traded him. It was like really yeah. for Wiggins, we got D'Angelo Russell. Everyone was celebrating it. So no, I have and... zero issue with it. And the same thing that what we said before with Towns is we just don't think we've really seen D'Lo at his full potential. I think that he was restricted with injury and kind of the the constraints that, that Saunders had on him just in, in terms of scheme yeah. last season. And obviously comes back from the injury. He's coming off the bench for a little bit. I think That's the weird. last... Yeah, it was weird. Um, <laughs> the last 10 or 11 games of the season, maybe he started. And I think that's when we kind of saw what him and and, and Kat can do together. And it looked good. And D'Lo yeah. seemed to be pretty open to being the the guy who, who sets the table for everyone else and who, who plays as the second option or even the third while, while Edwards was kind of on that tear at the end of the season. So I don't think... I think he gets a little bit of a bad rep, D'Lo, for maybe being like a ball hog. But I think that kind yeah. of comes from the start of last season when Towns was injured and Edwards wasn't very good. And it was kind of like, well, if he doesn't shoot every shot, it's... Jake Lehman and Josh Okoge, you know, like, uh, right. and when you got him on a team with other options, I think he looked more than willing to 
to share the sugar, you know, and by himself, he's really he's not. He, I know. Yeah, he's a but, very he's a very yeah. bad first option if you yeah, want to win absolutely. games. But as like, a second or third, cool, you know. Yeah, and the, and the things he does are like scalable. Like you see in the playoffs that all of a sudden the the mid range contested jump yeah. shots come back into in vogue. You know, like that's shots that you need to be able to hit to to kind of keep the the wheels spinning on a on a playoff offense and that's the stuff that D'Lo does he, he can get his own shot kind of in any situation um and then he can can help others as well on offense and obviously the defense is an issue but again like like Trey Young had one of the best playoffs that you'll see you know like and he didn't get any better defensively um sure this these you can cover up you can plug these holes as long as there's not too many in, in, in your starting lineup and maybe that's the issue with Minnesota is there might be a little bit too hot too many leaks to, to plug up you know like with Ant sure. and Cat as well so to me the defense I know I'm kind of pivoting here but the defense <laughs> no, which ahead. is obviously the, the the issue is Anthony Edwards needs to grow into his defensive potential a little bit I don't I, I've always said even before the draft that I don't think his defensive potential is that high even though that he's obviously really athletic and, and strong and, and quick, but if he can get to like a 50th percentile defender yes. rather than oh, a 10th, yeah. you know, like all of a sudden... And that's a big jump from where he was at, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, that's no guarantee at all, but if him and Towns kind of get just a little bit better, I think you can survive D'Lo never getting that much better. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. I think that, like, that, that bridge has been crossed. D'Lo is... Yeah, yeah. He is who he is. And I think Towns will still has a pretty hard ceiling on his defensive potential, but I think we yeah. we've seen it every year get a little bit better. And this year especially get a little bit better. And with a new scheme, you know, kind of playing up with the level of the screen, I think he'll be better as well. But if Ant can just communicate a little bit better, fall asleep less off the ball, um, close out better, you know, rather than just sprinting past the guy, like all those things are pretty, like, teachable. I don't think that he is a lost cause by any means where I kind of think D'Lo is a lost cause. But if you can just get get Anthony Edwards a little bit closer to his defensive potential, then I don't think you have as many leaks in the defense as maybe, maybe you do now. And that might get you to like average defensively and, and top 10 offensively. And that's that's a win, I think. No, I'm with you there. I think they have a, they have a shot. They'll be, I think Rosas said it somewhere, they're trying to be a top 10 offense and then just the fine... A fine defense. I don't know what that is. Is yeah. that 18th, 20th, whatever. But enough to get you into the top 10. And I think that's what they're shooting for. But as we approach about 44 minutes here, I figure unless you got any huge big time talking points, we'll start wrapping it up here. Uh, no, I, I think we've had a pretty good kind of we've jumped <laughs> from, from topic to topic. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, we've, I hit, on, we've hit on a lot of stuff today. And, and I'm happy that you kind of had me on here to Perfect. get some uh, wolf thoughts out of my brain that I've been yeah. saving up for a few weeks. I haven't done a podcast for a few weeks, so that was like okay. two weeks worth of thought built, you know, built up thoughts in my brain. <laughs> and if you end up, we end up figuring out your audio. Thanks for having me on too. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> well, that's yeah, I'm sure I'll have to make a note. Well, I guess I'm making a note now that if you're listening to my podcast, that <laughs> right. it is coming from yours. So that's why I'm kind of being sure. interviewed rather right. than doing. Right. It is a weird form. I've never done something like this. But it's a weird. I'm yeah. trying to like balance it out, but. But yeah, I think um, I'm just, it was a lazy. It's a lazy kind of thing for me to not whatever, have to get yeah. someone else this weekend. I mean, you'd just be saying well. the same things you said on this. You yeah, know, it'd just be so, exhausting. But no, I'm with you. It's been fun to, though. 
yeah yeah no it has been um thanks for having me on and, and hopefully we can do this again maybe you know we do the opposite way next time or something but yeah um, sure 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 Absolutely. definitely kind of um do this again and i'm happy to see you over at canis and yes, riding man. on your friday nights and wasting your friday nights <laughs> Folks, so. kind of... Um, summer yeah. league yes my friday night tonight consists of recapping summer league game and talking about the wolves on a podcast it doesn't <laughs> get much better but now as always youtube minnesota sports daily spotify apple minnesota sports daily you can find me there covering the twins wild wolves vikings pretty much yeah thanks jake it's been a lot of fun see you next time thank you <laughs>